Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. Genesis 47:29 says, And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. But I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt, and bury me in their burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me. And he swore unto him, and Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. So Israel is about ready to die. Israel was taken care of for a long time. He was nourished through a time of famine. He would have died in the the time of famine had it not been for Joseph, but every man dies at one point. We all die, men, women alike, and that is because of Adam, and Adam all die. We all physically die. We don't all spiritually die. If we've accepted Christ as our Savior, we live forever in heaven with God, but physically we all die. Remember how way back in Genesis, we go through those genealogies and he died and he died. So here, Jacob, he can't hang on any longer. It's time for him to die. And he knows that he sees it coming. He's been blessed for a long time, but he knows it's his time to go. And he asks for Joseph to come to him and promise him something. I believe he calls for Joseph for many reasons, but one is that Joseph is still a man in authority here in Egypt. The time of the famine has passed, but it wasn't like Pharaoh just got rid of Joseph. Joseph worked for Pharaoh until he retired, I'm sure. And so he has to call for him. He knows he can get things to be made happen, and he can get things done, is what I was trying to say, and he knew who to call. Also, Jacob looks at Joseph as his firstborn. We're going to look at why here in a little bit, but he looks at him like his firstborn, so that's who he talks to to get help in this request of being buried back in the land of Canaan, where he wants to be buried specifically is in Machpelah, the cave of Machpelah, because it says, but I will lie with my fathers and you should carry me out of Egypt, bury me in their burying place. Where is that? The cave that's in Mamre by Hebron. And that is where he wants to be buried. And so he makes Joseph swear, like, promise me you're going to do this. I, I believe Jacob knows he does not belong in Egypt. Now, God wants him there. God told him, I want you to stay there. I'm going to cause your family to grow here. But he knows that's not his home. And that's not where God has promised him to be. He knows where that's at. And today we all know where that's at too. It's the land of Israel is 
Israel's land. And I know that sounds like a play of words, but some people say, oh, where, where should Israel be at? Everybody knows where they should be at. And that's Jacob saying, I know where I need to be buried. That's back in the land that God has promised unto us. So then he it says he bows on the bed's head. That's like the headboard. So I believe he has stood at some point trying to talk to Joseph and he hardly has strength and he leans over and he leans on the headboard of his bed frame. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, behold, thy father is sick. So here in, in verse, the last verse of 47, he's getting old and he knows he's going to die. Now he's sick. The idea here is he's dying. You know, he is dying. And so somebody told Joseph, behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. So Joseph hears this and he wants one last blessing for his two sons. And one told Jacob and said, behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. So he gathers every bit of strength that he has. Jacob wants to be there and present for Joseph. Joseph's done so much for him. He wants to be as strong as he can for what is about to happen. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. Where do we know that Luz is at? It's Bethel. That's where it's at. And so he's interchanging that word because the name Bethel isn't always stuck there yet. It will. It'll become that fully. But right now he refers to to it as laws and said unto me, behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee and I will make of thee a multitude of people and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession, possession, everlasting possession. The land of Israel is Israel's. It's the Jews. It was promised to Jacob at that time at Bethel. And so he is rehearsing that. He wants Joseph to know that it's very good as parents for us to continually rehearse biblical truths in the, in the midst of our children. We should always be rehearsing that to our children. We should be relaying things that we are not guilty of not passing something on to them. We can be guilty of not passing something on to them, but if we do pass it on and they forget it, then they are guilty. It's personal responsibility. It's our job to pass stuff on to our children. It's our children's job to accept it and remember it. So Jacob's being very careful here to do what he's supposed to do in passing this on to his son. And he says now in verse five, and now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee in Egypt are mine as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. What does this mean? What is he saying that they're his like Reuben and Simeon? Simeon. Well, Reuben was technically Jacob's firstborn. Simeon is his secondborn. And what Jacob's saying is that Manasseh is going to be like his firstborn. I'm sorry, not Manasseh. He's going to say Ephraim. We know Manasseh was born first, but we're going to find out in the story that Ephraim is like Reuben and Manasseh is like Simeon. Reuben did very 
wicked things in his lifetime. And Jacob knows this and Simeon as well. And so Jacob replaces them. Now, it's not like they don't have an inheritance. They do have an inheritance. They are part of the tribes. But the firstborn blessing is not going to go to Reuben. The secondborn blessing is not going to go to Simeon. It's going to go to Jacob. I'm sorry, Joseph's sons. And so that's what he's saying. They're mine. They're going to be like mine. And in verse six, it says, and thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. So the Bible does not tell us the names of Joseph's children that he has later, but he must have more children because it's saying that Joseph, he's going to have offspring and he's going to have more children than Ephraim and Manasseh, and they will be called after Joseph's name. But Ephraim and Manasseh were going to be called after Israel's name. And he took them as his own children, not as grandchildren, but as his own children. Then the children that Joseph has is going, they will be named after Joseph. And so Jacob's not saying, I'm taking everything of yours and you have nothing. He's not saying that. He's saying whoever you have after that, they will be called after your name. I believe Joseph is very thankful for this. It's not something that he's upset about, that he says, oh, no, these are my children. No, no. This is something that's a huge blessing in Joseph's life. And in verse seven, and it says, and as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan, in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath. And I buried her there in the way of Ephrath. The same is Bethlehem. So why why is he saying, partly why is he saying that your two sons are going to be my two sons? I believe it's because he's rehearsing in Joseph's ears that Rachel died young. She most likely could have had more children. And he's saying he she would have had more children and she died. And so that's why your children will be my children. I believe that's possibly why he is saying that. Now, also, I believe he's also saying this because Rachel was supposed to be rightfully his first wife. That's who he was supposed to marry. It was only by trickery that Leah was given to him. So I believe also why Jacob is telling Joseph this is because Joseph should have been considered his firstborn. Who, who was he supposed to marry? Rachel. Who was Rachel's first child? Joseph. So that's why I believe he's rehearsing this in the ears of Joseph, because he's saying, you know, Rachel was my wife. You should be the firstborn. And instead of you being the firstborn, I am going to make your two sons like my firstborn and my secondborn. And that's why I believe he is rehearsing when Rachel died and we went through all that. And in verse eight, it says, and Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, who are these? I, I don't think he um, didn't know who they were. I believe his eyesight's poor. He wants Joseph to explain which one is which in front of him because he can't see all the way. And so Joseph says unto his father, these are my sons 
whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, bring them, I pray thee unto me, and I will bless them. I believe also why Jacob is saying, who are these? Because he wants to have Joseph clearly state who is who, and Jacob is about ready to bless them, and he wants it to be very clear. I know he has met Joseph's sons before now. He wants it to be very clear. This is a blessing from God. And it explains in verse 10, now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so they could not see. So it's explaining partly also why he's saying which one is which, but then also he's ex- the Bible's explaining this because it's going to talk about what Joseph is going to do and what his actions were and why, because his dad's eyes were dim. So he brought them near to him. So Joseph brings them up and he kissed them and embraced them. So so Jacob kisses them, hugs them, he loves them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face. And lo, God hath showed me also thy seed. Wow, that is a beautiful verse right there. Remember how we talked about when we go through hard times and how we talked about Joseph and Joseph being the one going through hard times. Jacob did as well. Remember what he said to Pharaoh, you know, evil's been my days. He's gone through a hard time. And so Jacob's just talking about the blessings of God here and that he didn't even think you'd ever see Joseph again. He never dreamed that he would be able to see Joseph. And here he even gets to see Joseph's children. That's the idea of thy seed. It's his offspring. This is a miracle, God. God showed me your grand, my grandchildren. And so Joseph brought them out from between his knees and bowed himself with his face to the earth. So it's not saying that they're little boys. And, and when I was a kid, I read this and I, I pictured little boys that are like sitting on Joseph's lap. No, these uh, boys were born during the time when Jacob wasn't down there yet. So we know they have to be in their 20s. So this is not little sons. So the idea is that he has them. Maybe he has his arms around them or something. And he brings them up to Jacob. And the way that Joseph does this is on purpose. He puts one on his right side and he puts one on his left side. Now we know when we face one another, it's going to be the opposite. So he puts Ephraim on his right side and Manasseh on his left because Israel's left hand then would go to Ephraim and his right hand would go to Manasseh. And he did that because he knew who was older. But in verse 14, it says, Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger. And he left his hand and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittedly. So this is saying he knew what he was doing. He purposely switched his hand for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God, which fed me all my life long until this day, the angel, which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads and let my name 
be named on them. And the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand and removed it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. So Joseph's confused and he switches the hands back. But we're going to see Jacob knew exactly what he was doing. And, you know, I cannot help but think of Jacob thinking how he tricked his dad into getting that blessing. And now he's reminded he didn't have to trick his dad. He didn't have to do that. God would have caused the blessing to be on him without him finagling things. And here he knows who he's supposed to bless. Heavenly Father, I pray that we always trust you when you lead us a certain way that may not seem like the way that everybody thinks is the right way. Help us to trust you. Lord, help us to know as as Jacob came to see at the end of his life, help us to know that someday we will understand all things. And until then, help us to keep walking faithfully before you. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.